it's not a bad class of prospects for this upcoming NHL draft. I just wonder if there'd be anybody in there who'd be of value to this franchise at this time. Morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. The draft itself is June 28, June 29. That's next week. It's being held in Nashville at Bridgestone Arena, and the Penguins will pick 14th overall if they pick at all in the first round. Any conversation on pretty much any move that Kyle Dubas makes beginning this year, but really probably running through the next couple of years, is going to have to get launched by the overarching conversation as to whether or not you're ever going to do anything toward the future here in Pittsburgh. My own feeling is not as some sort of tribute or parting gift to Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Chris Letang, but because they still present your best chance for another Stanley Cup for the foreseeable future, you need to do what's got to be done to support them in the here and now. Now, that's going to be more difficult than ever. Ron Hextall left a massive mess with the prospect pool, with the salary cap structure. And hey, for good measure, he threw a second round pick in for the Predators to pick up Mikhail Granlund so that he could get bought out for millions of dollars just a couple of months later. So I'm not going to suggest this is some sort of, you know, snap for Dubas. It isn't. It isn't. It won't be. It can't be. But he has to work with the assets that he has. The Penguins' most valuable, tradable assets, and when I say that, I'm being realistic, not going to throw in goofy names, are the draft picks. They just are. The NHL draft is its probably one of those tweeners when it comes to being a crapshoot. The NFL draft is the one that's the most certain. The Major League Baseball draft is the one that's by far the least certain. And the NHL is kind of like in that Goldilocks bed, you know? But even then, if you look back historically at first rounds, because these players are coming in at age 18, because they're coming in from countries all over the world, each of them operating with their own systems and styles, it makes things challenging. You don't have a lockdown guarantee pick at 14. You don't have someone that you say to yourself, hey, we can get that person in within, you know, two, three years, whatever. You just don't know. You just don't know. What you do know is that you can parlay that pick into a goaltender, into a goaltender who ideally you could sign for a very long time which would help you toward the future, which wouldn't be a total loss toward the years after Sid and Gino and Tanger aren't here anymore. If it's someone like a Connor Hellebuck, it's going to take more than a single first-round pick. But the first-round pick can be part of it. 
I wouldn't have a problem seeing the first round pick get traded, obviously pending the return. I wouldn't have a problem seeing the first round pick get kept as wishy-washy as that sounds because, again, it would be pending the selection. What if the player is someone who looks like they can you know, be pretty solid, that they have a solid uh, foundation or a floor that you're not going to see somebody just completely flop out? What if it's one of the more skilled players who just happens to fall a little bit? And there are candidates in that regard. We'll be getting into more of those names next week. Then you have something. But I'm not going to, I'm just not going to jump on a, a, a nebulous situation and take a hard line stance. I'd much rather see Dubas weigh all of the various factors instead of just saying, we really got to get rid of this thing (laughs) the way Jim Rutherford would operate the moment he'd walk into a draft venue. When we come back, J1Q. from Chris Van Border who says DK Jason Spezza brings new energy and spark to the team. It seemed pretty obvious that this was going to happen but maybe it'll be a great step forward in terms of slowly building a team. I'm going to repeat what I said yesterday regarding Spezza. thought the world of him as a player particularly in his peak days in Ottawa. Uh, he was wow, at times unstoppable. A true shooting center, which is a rare thing in the game, but who could also do a whole lot more. Really, really well-rounded. And it was to his credit, I believe, that he was able to hang on without hanging on. He was not uh, some dud player in his late 30s with the Maple Leafs. He was pretty good in a very similar way to... Corey Perry with his last few stops, Eric Stahl, guys like that. But as an executive, we have no idea. We have no idea. You can get excited because he's Jason Spezza. That's a lot like when people get excited about a former player that they really liked coming on to a coaching staff. These are two almost completely unrelated skills playing and coaching. But, for example, when Rick Tockett came, oh, wow, this is awesome, Rick Tockett. Yeah, he's a player. We loved him when he was playing. He was tough, could score 40 goals. This was this is just perfect for us. This is, well, you didn't know that Tock could coach until he, you know, coached. And it took him a little while to get to where he wanted to be in the league. He did, to his credit, but that doesn't happen universally. And I know way less about what Spezza's contributions were in Toronto and working with Dubas. Now, it speaks to his loyalty that when Brendan Shanahan lopped off Dubas, that Spezza was right there handing in his resignation. It speaks to his loyalty and to Dubas's trust and valuation of Spezza that he did, in fact, bring Spezza to Pittsburgh, as had been expected. But what's he going to actually offer? I don't know. We don't even know, technically speaking, what his role is because we don't even know what the role is going to be for the general manager. Remember, Spets is the assistant general manager for no general manager, at least not in name yet. So 
it's not going to be just a matter of, you know, oh, this guy's going to be awesome or this guy's going to be terrible. It's going to be way more about how Dubas structures their various responsibilities, meaning the people who are under him. Maybe somebody will be just in charge of player development. Maybe somebody will be just in charge or mostly in charge of navigating the cap and contracts and working with agents and so forth. Maybe somebody else will be purely analytics to help him out in that regard. When I say help him out, I don't mean that he's dumb and needs help. I mean, there's just a lot of work to do. So that's the part that's going to be interesting for me, seeing how all of that comes together. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins, and we will do another one of these come Monday. 